Hello, and welcome to another Nine Circles Audio thing. As always, I'm your host, Buke. And this week, I have the pleasure of being joined by Mr. Steve Blanco of Imperial Triumphant. Steve, how are you doing this afternoon, sir? Uh, thanks for having me. Um, I'm doing all right today. How about you? I am doing absolutely wonderful. I uh, had a late night. I have been, I'm not one to watch TV or anything, but I have been, I found this show on Netflix called Midnight Mass that has hooked me. And I dove into a bunch of episodes last night and, uh, stayed up a little bit later than i should but here we are today with this 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 is not an imdb podcast <laughs> we are we are here talking about music and we are talking on the eve of your guys live album an evening with imperial triumphant out uh later this month on the 26th How, you know, tell yeah tell me I, I have to ask first, you guys just got off the road. You know, we tried to talk last week when you guys were driving through a crazy storm. Um, you guys just finished a short live uh, stint. How was it getting back on the road? Because you, out of the couple, uh, you know, handful of bands I've talked to during the pandemic, I talked to a couple of bands at the start of the pandemic who were in Italy and had to be smuggled out of Italy like they were uh, contraband drugs. Um, and yeah, I mean, musicians are musicians are like this weird commodity right now. You know, you gotta, <laughs> yeah, you got to so, you got to navigate on the outside on the fringe. <laughs> you know? So so now I talk talk to you, sir, a a band who has completed a live run in this covid world how how was things it was absolutely fantastic um we obviously it was great to be back connecting with people in real life after two years and uh yeah i mean the tour was just awesome every the crowds were amazing the fans were amazing people just came out people didn't give a fuck everybody <laughs> showed up you know like it was real like wild west kind of feeling yeah. in, in in most of the cities, you know, not, not everywhere, but, and it really, I don't know, it was really a positive reinforcement of, you know, maybe what 2022 is going to be like, you know? you know, you, you and the guys in the band, what did, what did it do for you? Did it feel, did you feel whole again in, in a sense that I know obviously you're a musician to make music, but performing is, you know, I don't want to speak for you. That's, a huge part of it. I'm, I'm sure this had to make you feel whole again. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it is a huge part of it because, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of components and a lot of variables to, you know, having a band and operating a band and keeping a band going, but live, the live show is definitely super important because like I said, that's, that's the way you connect with the people, you know? And I still, me personally, I still believe that music is a very powerful device and I believe people connect to sound and I think it's important. And, you know, that's just the, the, the way to connect with the fans and pick up new fans and, and keep the, the, the enterprise moving, you know? So it was really good for us. It made us feel really confident about the, all our plans we have coming up in 2022. We have a lot of stuff going on right now. 
And it made us feel good also about the fact that we just kept working throughout the whole ordeal, you know, through the whole global yep. shutdown. We just, you know, just, we were just like, we're just going to keep doing what we can. You know, you, you guys are interesting too, because I live here just in Maryland, just outside DC. Um, you know, huge tourism capital here, but you live up in New York. I've only been there a handful of times. I went up there for an Opeth show at Radio City, and I was amazed at seeing a city that truly, you know, I had heard the phrase never sleeps. Uh, I look at D.C. here. D.C. is a really is a commuter city here in D.C. You know, a lot of government workers commute into the city and they leave and the city kind of. You know, it's obviously still has a nightlife, but it's not like what I experienced just in my, my one or two nights in New York City. Was it weird living in New York City over the past couple of years, seeing how that city itself really, you know, I would see webcams of like Times Square or, um, you know, the street in New York City. It, it, it looked like some dy dystopian it was. it was. I mean, it, it, it's 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 absolutely Blade Runner, you know, like, yeah, exactly. It looks exactly like that. And if you watch the original uh, Blade Runner, the the um, the Ridley Scott film, uh, you know, from 1982, it opens and it says the year 2019, which that's a mind fuck, you know, yeah. like, yeah. holy fuck. I guess Philip K. Dick, when he wrote that shit was really tuned into some something that the rest of us are not because he was <laughs> spot on you know um it, it you know new york is really it's a rough place to, to exist you know and it's got a lot of weird politics and hive mind groups think stuff that i'm not really that into you know yeah. i kind of try to exist on my own exactly this place you know and people get real aggressive about it especially over the past two years so i just tried to move away from that and just focus on other things and there were some cool things though, like riding the subway the, the subway was never cleaner and never emptier so i was riding that thing and i was like wow this is the best time to ride the train you're probably you know? there stretched out you're like Man, <laughs> yeah this is, this yeah it was like oh, okay yeah they're bleaching this thing every couple hours and there's nobody on it all right cool finally you know yeah like, you're like you're like for you you walk down in there you're like wait someone's off here it doesn't smell like piss there isn't trash blowing in the wind. Now you're exactly. like, man, this, this is weird. And, know, and, you know, the D.C. Metro, you know, that's a lot nicer looking, you know, than our yeah, system. Yeah, our like system the D.C. Metro, like people come in from out of state here in our metro and they don't realize like it's against the law to eat or drink here. It's it's so like they come on our system and they're like, whoa. Yeah. And then they, but then, you know, I had a friend who was like who's from Long Island and he's like, you know, Buke, the. The Long Island Expressway is its own monster. He goes, my friends and I, when we would go to Isles games, you can drink going to get on the, that that line there, which is crazy to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can. I mean, the, the commuter <laughs> trains. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, anyway, so there, there's all kinds of pluses and minuses <laughs> through this whole thing. You know, I also was really fortunate because I was able to spend time, a lot of time out of the city, you know, Um I went and spent some time with my uh, with my mom because uh, she lives down in Florida, and okay. she, you know she she's been down there for like oh probably almost thirty years or so, uh, twenty five years maybe, and so I was able to dodge a bullet in a lot of ways and just go to the beach and just be someplace for and mom. Yep, you know, mom being you know I'm not trying to say mom's mom's old and stuff, but mom being in the older bracket, she was able to navigate everything fine. Oh yeah, she's yeah. totally fine. Good she's because totally you know fine. my myself, I'm immune compromised. Uh, that's what my heart failure is from. So I jokingly say I've been like sloth from the fucking Goonies the past mm. couple of years. Like I have really been yeah. locked away in my house, you know, within these four walls here. Uh, right. Just trying. Yeah, to, I mean, being being yes, yeah, like you know, being cooped up is it's a challenge. You know, it's a challenge. Yep. But you know, and that's what's so great that 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 brings me to you guys here. Did you guys releasing Alphaville and now the live album? Is this because you guys just made the conscious decision that hey, pandemic or not, we just we like making music, we like putting stuff out, and we're just going to keep plugging along like like nothing's happening. Um, kind of. I mean, it, it's maybe not quite as black and white as that, but you know, I think. 
I think all of us people have different perceptions or different risk aversions in life, mm-hmm. you know, like, and there's a different fear factors and fear levels for all of us. And, you know, we just, we're, we're very like-minded, the three of us, you know, and we just sort of, we don't really care, you know, we're just going to do whatever we can, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not going to stop and, you know, stay in the cave if we have the opportunity to go outside, you know, like get, you know, get, get into the Plato Republic thing, yep. you know, right. Yep. Yep. And, you know, life is risky anyway. It certainly is. It certainly you know, is. Like every, human life is risky and unpredictable. So yep. we're on the road and you know what, we got to try a whole lot of barbecue. So, you yeah. know, that was, you know, that's a positive you, thing. You know what, you know, Steve, that's, that's the, the thing here that I've tried to, you know, professionally what i've seen in in my life um you know especially going through this pandemic that's that's what i i i I try and tell people be be safe but this is life you know be be safe don't be stupid you know don't take horse dewormer to try and treat or don't don't drink bleach but you know be safe and still live life because my god the risk of going out and getting hit by a car is ever, is ever present. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's every day is a huge risk. Exactly. Uh, Steve, you know, you guys, I, I came to you guys, you know, with Alphaville first drawn to you guys, um, seeing the amazing reception that Vio luxury was, was getting. I, I'd be lying if I said I was not late to the party with you guys because there's so much music thrown at me in in the PR world. Um, but finding you you guys uh, and especially your side of of things with the keyboards and uh, your the band's love of working jazz and and things in is this something that you guys will always and ha- will always continue to evolve or are or as you guys now going into the live album and what 2022 will bring in years down the line are you guys starting to i guess get into a groove or is imperial triumphant now kind of what we will get moving forward um, it's, ver- I mean, I can't predict the future, of obviously, course. Of course. Uh, but, but, but if you just look at the historical timeline of the band, it's certainly evolved a lot in the past few years, you know, and I think that's a good thing because, you know, you, you always want to try to keep doing something different from your past, you know, and, um, you know, who knows? Maybe we, maybe our best work is in front of us. I don't really know though. You know, it's hard to say, you know, like yep. sometimes you crank out that golden album. I don't know. You know, we have, we, uh, you know, we, we've been working on the next album and we're super into it. So we'll see how that goes. Steve, I don't have the pleasure of, of interviewing a lot of keyboard players. I have always had a love of piano, uh, a love of keyboard. My fiance, I've said this a couple of times on previous interviews, but not with keyboard players. My fiance's father is one of the few men in the world, actually, who tunes piano just by hearing. That's the best way to tune a piano. Yeah, he 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 is recruited. I want to say recruited, but he's hired to travel all over the country to tune just by hearing. The guy, it's it's amazing how how his his ears are. How did you? Yeah, it really, really, really cool skill. It's 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 one of those skills like an ancient tradesman that you know when when her father passes, it's gonna be, you know, maybe got lost to, to the the ages because as technology takes over. How did you start down the piano path? Was this something your parents got you into when you were younger? Is this a later in life thing that you picked up on your own? Well, I mean, actually, I always was around keyboards you know from the time i was a kid um my my first instrument was really drums actually i was Mm. a drummer for many years and then i switched to piano 
my living situations uh, over the years didn't really, they weren't very drummer friendly. Let's put it that way. You have to have certain, you know, the, the drummer thing is a whole nother level. You got to have certain things working for you in order to be able to keep that one. How going. is a drummer thing even possible in New York City? <laughs> it's it amazes me how all these guys do it really i i i, res, I have nothing but respect you know for for everybody it's a, it's a tough situation but somehow they figure it out you know yeah but anyway so i switched to piano and you know uh i was obsessed with the piano you know it's just it's a very amazing sort of feat of the industrial revolution it's probably the most amazing acoustic instrument ever made you know and it's kind of it's pretty much antiquated these days and it's fading away and it's disappearing but it's still an astonishing achievement and so i was drawn to it you know from the time i was a kid anyway just the sound and seeing guys like glenn gould you know old film clips of glenn gould playing bach and you know it's just all that shit was just amazing do were were you professionally trained or was just something yeah, self-taught I mean, self yeah yeah the funny thing is the piano is actually my main instrument I, that's what i spent the majority of my lifetime uh dedicated to mm -hmm. you know, largely jazz piano yes but all, all kinds of stuff though uh, and then, yeah, then I, and then I got to the base and, you know, that, that's, that's taken me all over the place and taking me around the world with Imperial Triumphant. So, you know, I, I you gotta love the base. <laughs> you have a favorite jazz pianist of all, all time? Uh, there's so many, man, but you know, I would say probably guys like, uh, Thelonious Monk and Bill Evans are probably way up in the top there for me as far as jazz goes. You know, we, my friends and I, we just did a podcast uh kind of a special episode like a uh, deserted island albums that we would bring with us and one of my friends on there would bring along a miles davis album and jazz i have during the pandemic i have really dove deep into jazz because it's the it's the on the fly nature of it that amazes me the the technicality of it it just just blows me away the the time changes the, the, everything with it is um, amazing now trying to work it into your guys world how do you even start to try and do that to where it just because you know there's there's no lie people hear you guys and to some you guys are not an easy listen. And I mean, no disrespect by that. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally understandable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the jazz thing, the jazz thing with us is not, it's, I, I really, it's so hard to explain, but it's not really the way I think a lot of people may think it is. You know, we just write music that's based on all of our influences, you know, it's just, and so no matter what we do, I think it's naturally just going to be in there because we don't really have a choice. You, know, mm. you, are, you are the sum total of whatever your cumulative life experiences are, you know? And so, you know, the music we make, the really weird part is really the fact that the three of us be, are together in a band. That's the part where you've got to start questioning the universe, you know? But the musical influence part of the sound you know, it's not like we deliberately said, oh, we're going to mix jazz with, you know, extreme metal or rock or whatever. You know, it's not really like that. It's just music to us. You know, you know see, I, I have to go back to that. Cause that's an interesting thing you you just mentioned. You said it's really you know, the fact that the three of you guys came together. Is that because the three of you on paper seem so, you know, like oil and vinegar? You know, so yeah, they're worlds apart. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a there's a lot of things that that would make it look like from the outside. This makes no sense at all. We're we're three different generations, first of all, which is already a weird thing for a rock band. Um, but then it, just the the fact that you know we did end up playing music together, and we do have all these similar musical influences, and then all this other stuff. It just led to the next thing to the next thing, which eventually led to you know Vile Luxury and Alphaville and whatever's coming up now. And our live show too, which we we're constantly trying to you know improve. You know what? Now you know we talk about the piano. How'd you land on the bass? Well, I always loved bass because, 
as a kid, I mean, I just really loved the band Rush, you know, and Geddy Lee was like a huge influence on me. And um, your favorite, your, to, to put you on the spot, your favorite Rush album? My favorite Rush album is probably not the typical choice. I I, I would probably go with Grace Under Pressure, which is 1984. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I do not hear that one mentioned a lot. Yeah, I, it's just, it's. I feel like it's kind of their darkest record. It's kind of the biggest, like, what they deal with in the lyrical content and i don't know and it's got it's on that time where analog was coming to an end and the digital world was opening up and you can kind of hear that in the sound i, th I feel like in the sound of the, of the production you know do, do you so give credit to, to do you give credit to neil pert being the greatest ever um he's certainly one of them one of, I mean, yeah undeniable he was he, he's a huge you know we're 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 all huge fans of neil you know he's great he you know, we we this. we jokingly said once neil pert died shit the last couple of years went the hell after it it was almost like neil was holding the universe together yeah that was really crazy I, you know it's funny it hit me a lot harder than i thought it was gonna hit me too and it was like a, it was a deep moment you know but say la vie right you know you ever see him live i've seen rush live many many times oh yeah. yeah it's i i can only assume it's it was it's something special <laughs> yeah i mean just their whole thing you know just the three of them the way they respected each other and and the the thing they built over all those years was really so you know it's a it's, a, it's hard work hard work you know yeah now you know play the the bass and keyboard for me is uh, i love so much because i love the fill that they provide I, I love i love the substance that they provide and i think that's what you guys in the a three piece really shine is that the bass and the, the, the it can really shine because it's not buried behind you know two guitars three guitars um you know it can, it can really stand on its own a lot and i like that yeah well i mean as a trio you know we actually you know when when we do when we do a record we like to hear what everybody's doing you know that's part of the fun for us as music listeners so yeah. it just works out that way you know with with such you know a jazz background and and everything like this how did you come to find this chaotic music world that you find yourself, you know, going all over the globe playing in now? It's 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 really interesting to to see where you have have landed here. Well, you know, I grew up on metal, so that's not really a strange thing for me. <laughs> no, no, um, it, it, I, I took a I took a long jazz, like you know, a jazz dive. So I, got I got you. I got you. But yeah, it, it comes together. Was it? Are you a child of New York? Where where you grew up? Have you been? Yeah, in I New grew York up your whole life. I did. I did. I actually grew up in the suburbs okay. here, and then have spent better part of two decades here in the city. You know. So you have you have uh, been able to see tons of bands coming through then. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The yeah, that was that's kind of one of the perks of you know of the shitty living, <laughs> shitty lifestyle of New York. You, you know, one of the perks is that everybody's going to pass through here at some point. You Everybody. Know? <laughs> yeah, Everybody. I, I can't. I I don't know if I can think of anyone who hasn't passed through here, save maybe some artists that are just politically not allowed to like leave their countries or things like that. You know, but <laughs> yeah, yeah I, almost, almost everyone's passed through. I have a, a a friend who I I know you know they're about as far as the opposite end of the spectrum as you guys are, but he's a Running Wild fan, and I don't know why Running Wild has never come to the states here, right? But he was always holding out hope that Running Wild would 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 tour the U.S. and I can't see that Running Wild would be exiled from the U.S. here like uh, some other bands. Right. Well, there's two places. There's there's two cities that like let's say a band never came here but had one chance to come here you probably have two chances to see a, a a band and that would probably be new york and los angeles you know right and yeah no, that would be, those would be the two stops if they're only going to do two stops you know during this pandemic the community really 
got together and helped out venues and clubs and stuff like that. And in your, in your backyard, there, St. Vitus being one of them, you know, you guys just finished your, your tour there. I've heard there's something special about that, that venue there. I've personally never been, but I've heard it's something, it's almost like a, a, a pilgrimage you have to make as a metalhead that the, the way, you know, the band walks through the crowd, you know, to take the stage and, I've heard it's, it's something really special. I mean, St. Vitus is just an amazing place. It's 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 our home turf, so of course, when we end the tour there, it's a great feeling because it's like, okay, well, we're in our familiar space. We're working with our familiar people. Uh, you know, the guys that own the place are are awesome. Uh, the guys that run sound there are amazing. You know, but it has a certain mojo, I think, just because of all the people that have passed through there. You know. Even bands like Portal played there. You know, like, that's pretty wild to think of. I wasn't at that show because I think we were on tour when they were playing there, which was a drag. But, um, you know, just, you know, I saw high I saw high on fire there. You know, like, that's how weird St. Vitus is, you know? Yeah. It, it, <laughs> and then you guys come in and then it's. Yeah, and then we play there. Yeah. And then, you know, like a, a classic doom band, like, you know, like a Crip Sermon will, will, will play there. Everybody. Every exactly. Fl- yeah. exactly every flavor and did did you beef before it shut down did you ever make it to cbgb's i did i mean i'm old enough to know cbgb's <laughs> yeah uh cbgb's was a re- another very special you know uh, new york institution you know yeah i i had i had heard special things about it i i wasn't able to you know be there during the the pure golden era you know what i mean like when it was really wild, but it was still pretty wild, even even in the in, in the, the last decade of its existence. You, you know, not taking anything away from Vitus and anything like this. Where were you really? Uh, where was a young Steve really cutting his his chops at? Where was your your home venue? Where were you going to see a lot of shows? Like some American Legion Hall? Were you were you seeing metal bands? Were you well when, when I was a when, when I was a real kid? I mean, like first playing in rock bands as a drummer. You know, um, I was in the suburbs and I was going to this local bar that was actually called Cheers, and they would put on rock <laughs> shows like you know four nights a week, which was amazing as like a sixteen year old. You know, like yeah, and there was no you were allowed to go. You know, you didn't have to be 21 to go to the show, you know, like that, that kind of, that kind of put a little bit of a damper on kids getting into music when they started doing that stuff. You know, it used to be like, you know, yeah, you might get a different band because you're not allowed to drink kind of thing, you know, right? Yeah. But those days were super wild and super fun. I mean, as a kid, you know, and then later on, it was, I was going to big shows, you know, at places like, there used to be a venue here called the Felt Forum, which was underneath Madison Square Garden. And I saw Slayer there a bunch, and that was pretty cool. I could uh, that was pretty pretty cool. And, yeah, you know, you to put this in the most respectful way. I'm not going to you know dis disrespect you, sir, and saying you're you're old or anything. I'm 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 38. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm 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 but where I guess where where I'm um I'm I'm going with this is this is going to be a, a couple couple questions here. What's what do you remember seeing, or who do you remember seeing? Maybe in your younger years, that you're like, my God, I can't believe I am seeing it. You know, you mentioned Slayer at that little venue, but you're like, holy shit, here it is. It's like you know who would go on to be something big, and you're there. Young Steve is seeing them here. You know, like me, young me, if I could have gone and seen Alice in Chains live at like the Capitol Center here in D.C., I would have fucking killed for it if yeah, young I me mean, could have seen gnr live i would have loved it oh yeah well i mean both of those bands blew up real big right um yeah i don't you know i i don't know i have to think about it i mean there's just been so many shows over the years that i've been to and there used to be a club here that that's pretty famous that was pretty famous called lemores and that you know that's sort of like a, a new yorker kind of thing you know a lot of a lot of the guys in the new york death metal scene and, and rock scene uh, you know you, you bring you mentioned that place and everybody's got stories about that place you know <laughs> i saw ingve malmstein play there like that was out of control you know back in the day you know so you know funny shows like that you know how is it i i've always wanted to go see ingve live 
But I hold off because years ago I saw Buckethead live. Mm. Amazing musician. Amazing. Okay. But after a while, after like an hour of having my face melted by <laughs> crazy Buckethead solos, I'm almost kind of like, okay. Right. right. <laughs> you know? Is Yngwie the same way? Almost kind of. Was it like, Yes, this is fucking amazing. But it's like I don't know. You know, it's very, <laughs> it's very subjective. It's very subjective. I, I mean, you know, I, th- I think for me, you know, Ingvae's just you know one of those guys I got into a long time ago, and I love I love the old records that he made, dude. You know, especially my, especially the first, especially the first one where it's all instrumental. Like I yes, love that shit. Dude, my favorite fucking song it is. Well, because Jeff Scott Soto is fucking saying, I think he's, he's oh amazing. oh Jeff Scott Soto was amazing. Yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. I am a Viking. I can fucking I will put that song on on repeat all fucking day long. Yeah, yeah, you know it's just I don't know. Ingve is kind of a he's a it's a very he's a very specific thing, you know. But 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 he also like you know he comes up all the time in in when, when we're having metal hangs on the road or we're in Europe or wherever. He comes up because he's such a big part of the foundation of of where it all went, you know. Like no matter whether you like him or not, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do I? I have to ask before I transition here. Do you get in? I know you guys are very passionate as as a city. Do you get into the New York sports scene at all? Are you a sports fan? You know, I'm not really a big sports guy. I mean, I've gone okay. through like different phases. You know, like I'll I, you know I go I'll go to Mets games. You know, okay. everybody hates Mets. Yeah, but uh, you know, I like cream. Cr- Hockey for me is everything. I'm. I oh yeah, hockey. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've gone through many hockey phases. Definitely, definitely. You know, I, I was like super into the Rangers for a long time. I mean, like you know, were you and, on board when Messier guaranteed you guys the cup? Were were, were you there celebrating cup championship? I, I, unfortunately, I was not. I was I was out of the loop. But I mean, I was paying attention on on the outside. You know, and but, uh, you know the, the the Rangers are definitely a, a New York institution. You know, and I've been to some, I've been to some of those games and I've had some wild times there. You know, <laughs> you you ever gone out to the island? They they just closed the old barn, but did you ever go to Nissan to sorry Nassau Coliseum? Nassau Coliseum. You know, I've yeah. been there for concerts, but not never for an Islanders. I heard that place was a dump. It, yeah, I mean, it, 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 <laughs> I'm sure it was. I mean, you know, it's like yeah. like so many places in New York is you know. <laughs> Uh, we we can get into it a whole nother thing. <laughs> New York is is pretty much a dump, man. You know, it's yeah. just like it's a, it's a whatever, man. You know, yeah. everyone's got like a glamorized perspective of this place, especially people who move here and they're like set on like staying here forever, and it means it's an identity crisis. All kinds of BS here, man. You know. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, you know, wh- how'd you guys land on the Slipper Room then for this this live album? Because you know, looking at the the slip room is kind of in- interesting. I, you know, the I'm a fan. No, no, go ahead. Sorry, I, I was gonna say I'm a fan. I love like a burlesque show. I I I love that. I I think it's a cool retro thing. I I I really enjoy burlesque shows. I used to go to the ones in DC all, all all the time, and I was unfamiliar with the slipper room. But but pulling it up, my God, everybody under the sun has played there, and they do burlesque shows, and they do you know, comedy shows and everything. So why there? Why not, you know, uh, the live album at Vitus? I mean, that's a very good question. You know, a couple of factors. Uh, one of them is that we were, we're very familiar with the Slipper Room. I, I've worked there as a musician with lots of different projects and have played many gigs there. And uh, another thing is, is that the place has a very David Lynch vibe, you know, and we're big fans of David Lynch. And the other thing is that we did this during the peak of the global shutdown. So, you know, they were down to do it, you know, like a lot of places were not. And everyone or had all kinds of weird rules or whatever the hell it was, you know, like we, we, we only were able to do this a certain way. So the place just worked out great and it looks visually very cool. If you saw the video, I don't know if you've seen yeah. any of the video. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, you, you, I have to go back there. You mentioned, you know, I, I told you at the start, you know, I don't follow a script. I love to naturally go off of whatever comes up. You know, you mentioned David Lynch. Have you seen the, the new Dune compared to his? I didn't see, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. The 1984 one, I, I love. That's, yeah, that's like David Lynch's. That's the only film, well, Elephant Man, I guess, too, where, you know, he's sort of a, more of a working in the big Hollywood machine as a hired gun kind of thing, you know, as yeah. opposed to doing his own thing, right? You a Twin Peaks fan? Huge fan. I have tried. I've told myself, Matt, get into Twin Peaks. I, I have not watched an episode yet, but I've, I, I know there are numerous podcasts and the fan theory. I, I just know that people love it. I've just never watched it. I got into it later because everybody told me to get into it. Whenever that happens, I tend to like go away from it for a while, you know, because I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll check it out sometime. But then once I got into that world, it's it was there was no going back. Really. They, and they just read they they did new ones, right? Did, did oh, you yeah, watch that, those two? That, that's 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 the third season, the one that he just did a few years ago. That is one of his greatest achievements. Really? Yeah, that's just incredible. Now, what what is it about him that that you guys share this collective fandom of? What is, you know, I think we just we just really love his taste, you know, and his choices as far as you know creativity goes, and and the fact that he leaves things uh, up to the audience to interpret. You know, we, we we that's that's something that we really like, you know, and he doesn't necessarily think that things should have an explanation and art should be about the experience and the journey for people to discover on their own, you know, through, through whatever subjective viewpoint that might be, you know, not to get too good, you know, heady or nerdy about it, but no, like, no, you know, no. but, but, but that you could say that translates to your guys' music too. Couldn't you? Yeah. I mean, we, we definitely are always trying to, you know, make choices and the three of us are, kind of keeping each other in check too about things like hey maybe that's not such a great idea let's go this way or you know we're always trying to think of it like but, that so but but you know but but steve this this is an interesting question that just comes to mind thinking about you guys you guys i would say are not a starter band for example my fiance is sitting right here next to me she's excited today because taylor swift re-recorded another one of her albums and it came out today. So Taylor Swift is now moreover a millionaire because, you know, within a day she gets 50 million fucking Spotify plays. Yeah. I mean, Taylor Swift is doing a lot of business. <laughs> yeah. But I would not go and I would not say, Kathleen, hey, you want to become a metalhead to, you know, try and listen to some Paratron because you guys are, uh, it's, you have to have a certain palette for it. Are, are you guys, Aware, I'm sure you have to be aware of the talk around you guys. You, you guys are aggressive. Is that is that is that something that just came naturally from just the three of you coming together, or was it that no, we want to be aggressive, we want to be in your face? No, we're, I mean we're naturally maniacs. Like our, <laughs> that, that's the way we are. You know, we have extreme viewpoints on things. We we're pretty extreme guys, you know, and I, I think it's it's just natural for the music to sound that way because we're that's gonna be that's our expression, you know. I mean, that's the whole thing, you know. So because we get wild about the sound of, of the music that we make, we get wild about you know what kind of barbecue are we gonna get on tour, you know. And, okay, what's your favorite sauce? Are you a are you a you know, vinegar I, I, based I guy? I think I might not be a sauce guy, actually, because like this last uh, trip, I was eating a lot of stuff like, you know, in North Carolina, I had Dude, barbecue blew me away. Did, did you put the coleslaw on it? Oh, yeah. The thing about the coleslaw for me is I'm actually a vinegar slaw guy. Okay. Same. I, Same. I like the vinegar slaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. But the, the dry the dry rub barbecue was really hooking me up a lot. You know, I was getting like, whoa, this is good. North Carolina kind of caught me off guard because, you know, we were going, we had barbecue in Oklahoma, barbecue in St. Louis, Texas barbecue, which of course is off the hook. And then we got to North Carolina and we unexpectedly we ate this barbecue and we were like, holy shit, this might be the best barbecue of the whole tour. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now what, what is, is your go-to? Are you like a burn ends guy? Or are you just like a classic? pulled pork sandwich are you 
Are you I'm definitely a brisket guy and a and a pulled pork guy. You know, like if I have only to, to two choices, but I do love burn ends, love burn ends, yeah. and I do love the the big Texas beef rib. Okay, now sides. Sides for me, I I usually just do double vinegar slaw. My man. I, I probably just, would do. I love probably, just the meat and slaw. <laughs> I, the, the 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 bake bake beans. I I I'm a bake beans are for place those killer greens. I I. Uh, oh yeah, I'll do the greens if it's if they got some really good collards or really good green beans. I'm totally down. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You know, traveling around. You know, we we talked about it before we hit record here. One of our staff members today shared a message that he was drinking your guys' coffee blend, and you yourself said that you're drinking it too. Yes. Safe drinking to assume. Right yep, drinking it right now. Safe to assume you are a coffee fan, coffee aficionado. Would you call yourself if if you're making a blend, you have to kind of know something about it, right? I would definitely say that we're coffee snobs. Uh, I don't know how. Like, I okay. I no, can't. no, we're not. There's a gauge of coffee snob. Are you pour over? Are you like that extreme with how you grind your beans and stuff? Well, that's funny you ask that because actually I do pour over. I do a pour over every morning here when I make my coffee myself. But when I go to the coffee place, I'm a macchiato or cappuccino guy. You know, like I like espressos. So it depends. For some reason at home. Probably because I don't have a five thousand dollar espresso machine that's really going to hook me up properly. Uh, I do pour overs, you know, which I got into over the past few years, like deep dive. Yeah, but <laughs> but, but isn't pour over? Isn't that like okay? So what? Like let's say you wake up at eight, you start the process by eleven thirty. You're having coffee, right? No, I'm not <laughs> that crazy. Like there are definitely guys and people doing it like that. No, I, I'm I'm more of the the faster when I have these Japanese things that I use, you know, cause the, the Japanese are also super into the coffee thing, you know? And, um, yeah, no, I, I don't do the three hour pour over <laughs> 205 degrees. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I'm not that crazy, but you know, I like really good coffee, you know? Okay. It's like, you know, so he, you know, I, I, you know, working my career, I had a lot of seven 11 burnt coffee at, you know, two in the morning, you know, that had obviously been on the whole day. That's just left. Well, we, we grew up in the USA who we've all had that, you know, <laughs> exactly. You being on the road, you guys had, you know, you've had pilot truck stop coffee early in the morning, exactly. but the gas station coffee. <laughs> but, but Steve, how, how do you, um, you know, traveling on the road, do you, have you, do you search out unique coffee shops? Cause you know, coffee, I've seen it here in the DC metro area has really, you know, like, like craft beer took off coffee you guys houses have, you guys have you guys have a lot of good coffee now yeah in dc like there's this place uh, compass there's this place compass coffee i i would i would do a lot of things for a bag of compass coffee it's it's right amazing. right right you know we we have we we definitely have spent a lot of time navigating around where the coffee spot is that we're gonna first go to when we <laughs> arrive in a city i i'm I, you know i can't i'm not gonna lie and especially <laughs> kenny and, and myself i mean uh, Zachary, he's, he's gotten more into the, a lot more into the coffee thing with us, but Kenny and I are both like insane coffee nuts and we like to get cracked out on coffee and, you know, and yeah, we've definitely navigated like, like a two days in advance, like, Oh, this is where we're driving to get to this coffee spot that we have to try. So, <laughs> so, you know, do, do, do you drink at all because again i told you i i i don't drink so you know this love of coffee i've i have have found do 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 you have this love for bourbon scotch beer or is coffee your your thing you know alcohol for me is i don't drink that much these days you know i've had many per periods in my life where it's just been like you know been hammered for you yeah. know, a few years straight kind of thing yeah. right no, you know? so yeah same for me yeah I, yeah I, yeah, yeah. I, but, admittedly i failed out of college and drinking and partying too much yeah so exactly exactly but but um on the road i don't really like to drink too much because we're we're work we're just so busy working so hard it's it's very difficult you know to you know unless you like you know obviously if you were like the rolling stones and you know you have every you know that's a different level right but 
you know, we, we just have a lot of work to do and a lot of things we got to stay vigilant about, you know, so it's, it's not really, it's not really party time. And also we're really, really goal oriented and we're really trying to keep to bring this project up higher and higher. But as far as alcohol goes for choice for myself, I can't speak on behalf of the guys, but champagne is my favorite alcohol. Really? Yeah. So like if I had, if somebody was like, Hey, Steve, you can only have one drink. I'm going to ask for a glass of some really good champagne, something like a peeper heat sick or something like that. You know? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I can't. I kind of. I kind of can't resist the champagne. It's kind of like. Yeah, I'm like that now. You know, with cigars. I used to be a madman <laughs> with cigars, smoking cool. cigars all the time. Um, now, you know, with my heart issues, I don't smoke as much. But cigars for me are, are my love. That's. A, I mean, that's a. That's a really cool. That's a really cool world. You know, I never got super deep into cigars. I like them a lot, though. I just didn't have the opportunity in you know my environment to yeah to access or be around someone who could show me like yeah. the real good cigars yeah know? because you know you walk into a humidor the cigar shop and it's yes yeah, yeah. so i'm just for me it's just like okay now i'm in i'm totally ignorant i don't know any of this i don't <laughs> yeah. understand anything. and guys were saying yeah you know this is a nicaraguan <laughs> wrapper with a uh D dominican uh blend and stuff you know sun roasted exactly exactly goes exactly. over your head exactly. um you know you guys here you know, get back ask you a couple more things now i'll let you go uh to record this live album was it was it was it hard to select what tracks and stuff you guys wanted to put on it or is this kind of the set list you guys had if the pandemic wasn't happening this is what you know crowds would have seen the, i mean the live album really came together quite nicely we we actually did it because we were uh, asked to be part of a live streaming event with behemoth which was a huge honor for us to be part of you know because they're they're a great band and they're 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 they uh, are very 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 uh smart about all the things they do and we we respect them and so we it was really to make a video of it you know so we assembled a crew and we were like, yo, if we're going to do this, let's just do it. Let's do everything as best we can. Let's do it the right way. Let's get it recorded properly, mixed properly, the whole thing. And then, you know, our good buddy, Colin Marston, who you might be familiar with, he, he, who, who does the, the bulk of our tracking with us and, you know, even, uh, uh, producing with us and everything too. Uh, you know, he did the final mix. So the live album sounds real nice. Yeah. You know, there, there's the, yeah, our group chat that we have, his name comes up probably every episode in some form or fashion. The guy's ears, you know, I mentioned my future father-in-law, but Colin's ears are just like his. Colin, he he has a gift. He, yeah, he's amazing. He he, he has a, a you know, I, I working with him. Do you just? total hey the range are yours you know we're we're very fortunate that the people we work with are so have sort of become part of a, a team you know and so we have a lot of trust we trust each other which is huge when you're trying to be creative because a lot of times you get into a headspace where you just have no idea anymore if something's good or not or you know what's going on but having colin there you know and also he's he's a great he's great to work with you know, there have have been a lot of, of trends, you know, coming and going in metal. You know, mid-2000s, we saw symphonic black metal. Um, then, you know, Def Heaven brought, you know, the shoegaze black metal stuff. Then, you know, this cavernous death doom stuff really became everything. Is there, I'm not saying, you know, you like to follow trends and, you know, you like to, like, you know, cows to, to slaughter or lemmings off the cliff you know it, <laughs> which i learned apparently lemmings don't really mass suicide apparently disney in the 50s or so like had they some people it. yeah invented it <laughs> see they're we're always getting fooled man exactly we're fooled. like something that i grew up assuming and learning that lemmings Every couple of years, I have these mass suicides. No, apparently there's somebody with like a two by four being like, 
jump off lemmings it's like coca-cola with the santa claus <laughs> image yes it's all marketing so you know all 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 these these trends and stuff that that come in you know come around you know you look at like the old school death metal trend like what two mold and all those guys are are doing now you guys kind of have your own interesting little niche and that's what's really really cool about you guys um how do you describe yourself to somebody who you know because we we have a hard time on nine circles describing your your sound properly because to i've heard a lot of terms thrown out and it 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 makes you guys sound like your cavemen just throwing your instruments down the stairs and you're 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 far from that well it it could it could sound like that to to someone on the outside (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know i who knows how people may interpret things you know all depends on your on your level of familiarity or you know whatever you're into you know but I always just say extreme metal because I really don't know what else to say. You know, sometimes I just say we're a rock band because, like, I to me everything's just a rock band, really. You know, if, if it's guitars and drums and you know, like, but um, yeah, I, I you know, I, the term avant garde comes up a lot. You know, people like to use that term. See, but but, but you know, but to me that doesn't. It, when I think avant garde, I think of like Dodheim's guard and those projects. Yeah, I mean the the term is you know it's a it's a it's a it's a term to describe a very very specific thing you know so I don't know if that we really fall into such a specific uh, you know sound like that because we we have a lot of elements in our music you know also you know, we're, we we're, we're you know I think Kenny coined the phrase uh, we're too small to fail which I really like that term you know because that's kind of how we approached this last tour we did and we just went out and did it on the on the outside but uh, you know. But I could also see us playing in an arena, you know, like because we're also really into the show, you know, like so. Who knows, you know? I don't know. You know, I, I, it's pretty clear you guys don't care, you know, what what people think and reviews and stuff like that because you guys included a fucking barbershop quartet on Alphaville there, the little sample, and it was it was yeah. awesome. You know, you guys wear you know the outfits on stage and stuff like that, right? Have have you, you know, ever caught any f- flack from that, or any you ever gotten any, you know, or care what what people think if they're like, oh, look at these clowns wearing this stuff? Are they? I mean, we get all kinds of comments about that kind about that stuff, especially the masks and all that. You know, we don't really care because we're just doing our thing. I f- I love it. I I think it's it. You know. I have said that, and you guys are not like this, but one of the most fun bands, and I recommend everybody see them if they never have. One of my bands, very dear to me, is Guar. Oh, Guar. Yeah, Guar rules. Guar fucking rules. Guar rules. (laughs) And the thing is, Guar doesn't just dip a toe into it. Like, I interviewed, you know, Blothar, couple weeks back and you know he used to be beef beefcake back in the day those guys are from virginia right i mean they're yeah, kind of richmond. not far from you yeah yeah well no come on let's be there they're aliens oh, from richmond, Antar- richmond. Yeah. richmond right yeah it's like an hour away but no yeah. come on they're aliens from Ant- antarctica but well yeah, yeah but but yeah but but they lean heavy into it and their stage shows are fucking amazing it's 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 cool i i I like the theatrical hard work. Yeah, I like the hard. I like the the dedication. I I and you know what it it sticks with people because I have a couple of friends. I've been to a couple of Maryland Death Fests, and some of my friends saw Dragged in the Sunlight a couple of years ago, and almost just like one of your guys' shows. They said they fucking came out. They had like two or three candles lit. And it was just this assault hitting you of strobes and candlelight. It, 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 as soon as it was over, it was like a fucking quick nuclear strike and then boom, gone. And that's what you guys are. You guys, it's just, it's, it's, I think you guys add an element more so than just the, 
the standard band up on stage where some some guy is back there hitting the lights, you know, boom, 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 like that. You guys, it's 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 more than that. It's a it's a it's a total package that I wish kind of more more bands did. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it is a lot of work, you know, to to do that, to keep that going. So but we get into it, you know, and we're see we're seeing it pay off. So we're just well, our asses. Yeah, I I have to ask, you know, I'm not a a a fan of them. Uh, you know, like I once was when I was much younger. Were your guys will you guys ever evolve the masks and the costumes like uh the slipknot guys? Or more so now, like the ghost guys, will we see a different form here? Well, in 20 yeah, I mean, well, obviously, musically, we're you know we're very far away from those two bands. Of uh, course, yeah, musically, my, you guys, in, in, in my opinion, but but gotta respect the show that those bands both put on, you know, and the dedication, the you know, the commitment to it is really yes. what, is what I mean. Because you, know, you got once you commit to something, you have to really be committed to it, otherwise. Don't bother doing it because then you're just sort of it's a gimmick or it's a game, you know, and we're, we're not we're just we're really committed to putting on a good show. And we're seeing that and hearing that with, with our fans, like people come and they have a good time. They really, really get connected to it. So, you know, Steve, two two more things and I'll, I'll let you go is has, was there ever any 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 talk as as a group that we could be more if we weren't just the three of us or you think the three of us the three of you guys and the tightness and the similar beliefs is kind of at the core of Imperial triumphant. That's a great question. I mean, I, I can just say this again, I can't speak for all three of us, you know, but I can just say that the foundation of everything we're doing originates in the, from the music, right? That's, that's the medium, you know, everything else, you know, grows or evolves because of that. And as a trio, we are very very satisfied you know we really like being a trio you know the musical interaction the energetic transference of energy is a it's just keeps it, it just sort of never stops going around you know that's the thing about a, a three-piece you know and uh it seems to be working so you know because you know because i've i've wondered that you know if if you guys do this with three what could four do you know this one goes to 11 you know what, what could you guys do if you but it's cool you guys you guys have something special here i i love three i i think a three piece is cool because it's 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 cool because each person is just having to carry that much more of the load i i i'm fascinated by it yeah, we we like the challenge, you know. Like we're always trying to to make as much sound as we possibly can, and to keep the music live, you know, full for the for the audience. You know, so we we do all everything we got to do. You know, whether yeah. that's like triggering a little, you know, some playback, you know, but we you know we don't play to a click track or anything. Everything is real, but you know, maybe we play along with some stuff that's on the album that we can't have on stage or whatever it is. You know, or we might change some parts or. Zach might come up with some different guitar thing for the live version. Kenny might do some different stuff on the drum, whatever, whatever it is to, to create a huge sound, you know, is the songwriting process hard for you guys, Steve? Um, it's hard work, but I, I wouldn't say it's hard. Like, you know, I, I would say that we, so far we've all been pretty inspired. So, yeah. Well, my, my friend, I will, wrap this up here uh november 26 your guys live album comes out in the evening with imperial triumphant i always like to ask the artist i have on uh in closing if there's a track on this live album or maybe even alphaville or or anything if there's a track that really sums up what imperial triumphant is now in 2021 even though you guys are evolving and who knows what next year may bring, you know, it's funny. I do a lot of these interviews and weeks later, I'm always, I wake up to a PR release. Hey, Imperial Triumphant announced his new album. It's like, fuck, if Steve just would have told me now. Um, <laughs> but if, if there is a track or something that represents what you guys, what best you guys are right now, what would you say that that is my, my friend? <laughs> 
I mean, that's a, it's very hard because I mean, I, I I love all our songs, you know, um, but I, probably Atomic Age is a good. Uh, that's a that's a nice gauge with a nice range of of what we do, you know, and that's a that's very much a group created song. So, I I would agree. You know, was it was it hard picking six six tracks? It's always difficult to pick tracks. I mean, even when we've come up with a set list live too, because we're always, every, every song we throw out, we're like, oh yeah, let's play that one. Or it'd be great to play that one. We, we never really, we're never like, oh, we don't want to play a song. How many songs did you guys just play on, on tour here? How, how long was the set list? We, we, our set was an hour. So it was a, it was a pretty packed, it was a, it was a good show. It was a long show for us. Do you wear ear monitors? Nope. Nope. Wow. We do wow. stage wedges. Yeah. Wow. That's even more impressive. <laughs> with, 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 with what you guys are creating and how you guys are able to stay on time and stuff, that's even more impressive. Wow. Yeah. I mean, every, every night's different, of course. You know, it's of like, course. Oh, yeah. Who, who, know, who knows who's going to hear what tonight, but we're going to go for it anyway. You know, <laughs> you ever come off stage and uh, like go over to Kenny or, or uh, Zach and be like, oh shit, did you man, we fucked that up or something there. <laughs> or like always, or like or like during a song, you ever look over each other and you know without obviously saying it, like, wow, we just fucking flubbed that one. There's always some moment, you know. <laughs> that's part of the fun, really. I think yeah. for the audience too, because it's like, well, we're still we're human, right? Like the whole thing is like this some of this might get fucked. But but uh, there's always a moment and there's always something or you know. One of us didn't hear anything the whole set, but had no idea. But yet we still pulled it off, you know, like, you know, especially, especially we, this last tour, we didn't travel with our own sound guy. So, you know, it's, it's difficult, you know, if, if you know, you come into a, a city and the, the sound person there has to, you know, figure out what's going on. Especially if the sound guy is one of those old veteran sound guys who still has, you know, the button up shirt with the Marlboro reds in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in Europe, in Europe, we were very lucky that we have uh, our own sound guy who who's uh, amazing. So you know, you know, I, Steve. Last thing, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if you guys have ever done this. You know, I should have researched this, but it just came to me. Have you guys ever done, or would you ever do, or would you guys? Do you think you could fit in if you were invited to do like, like Vakin next year? Would you, could you guys fit, could you guys, could the Imperial Triumphant show fit on a huge outdoor fest? You know, does. I think we could fit anywhere. I mean, you know, I, mean, I love it. To, I love what an answer. Yes. That's yeah. what I want to hear. I'd be down to play like a huge hip hop festival. Like, you know what? It's just, you know, we're some extreme yes. live music thing. Why not? God, you God know? talking about hip hop festivals and stuff. How about that tragic event down at the Astro World Festival? With eight people. Holy That's crap. That su is. Super weird, too. It's like, I don't know. So many weird things surrounding it. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, 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 I know you guys, you know, you've kind of alluded to it. Things are on the burner. You know, I, I will await for the inevitable PR press release, probably of a new album coming out at some point. But uh, <laughs> an evening with Imperial Triumphant is out November 26th through Century Media Records, Bandcamp and everything like that. I absolutely love the the cover art. I'm a it's big cool, right? I'm a big vinyl guy. But man, if I could have this blown up on my wall, it is it is so cool looking. It it yeah, really yeah. it takes. You know, I mentioned Miles Davis earlier. It's like that that age of record. It's it's awesome. It's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome, my my <laughs> friend Steve. I will give you the final words, friend. If you want to tell anybody anything, or if not, we can go on into the day. You can go pour yourself another cup of coffee, and uh, we can go about our day. I I I'll just want to say one thing. I just want to say thank you to all the fans because the the tour we did was really incredible and the support we got and everybody coming out and connecting with the music you know and reminding us about how important it is to connect as people and not just live on screens you know even though it's great that we can do this interview for example but you know we gotta we gotta keep the connecting in mind you know so that was that was awesome and that we have a lot of stuff coming up in 2022 so keep a lookout <laughs> 
Keep a lookout, my friend. Well, Steve, thank you. Uh, continued success to you and the rest of the guys. Please continue to stay safe. Enjoy your... I didn't ask, how do you drink your coffee? Black? Cream? Uh, no, I usually like it with a splash of heavy cream. Wow. Splash of heavy cream. Yeah. You know, I, I am. I like a little cream. I'm not like a lot of people who want cream with a splash of coffee. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, I want to taste. <laughs> I actually want to taste the coffee. Yeah, you want that coffee taste. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Steve, it was a pleasure talking to you, sir. Please continue to be safe. Continued success. I look. I cannot wait for the public to hear this because I love live albums because it's you know, it really showcases the band and it's cool to to hear the little. Uh, you know, nuances that come through with it. So thank you for your, your time today, sir. Thank you for working with me on the schedule uh, with this. And we will talk again. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much.